She said that one. That's interesting. She said one agent waited in her car for two hours what? for her to come out. <laughs> wow. No way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some. That's some. That's some cuckoo stuff right there. Welcome to the iBuyer Experiment. We were talking about expired listing today. What's going on, guys? Hey, glad to be here. What is up? What's going on? Man, expired listings. That's something we haven't been able to talk about in like a there minute. Are, there are probably a lot of agents out there that they don't even uh-huh. know what that is. They're like, like well, we just, I just started listings? two years ago. What's an expired listing? Wait, wait, wait. Houses, they don't sell, they expire? Wait, what? Okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's just give the basic definition. What is an expired listing? A house that did not sell during its contractual listed time with the listing agent. Okay. It's a good definition. So, it was yeah, very good. Uh, contractual. Contractual. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> That's what makes it expired. It yes. did not sell within the contractual time frame. It did not. And there are more expired listings now than there were, you know, last year and the year before. And Homelight actually came out with a study. It was the 2022 Buyer and Seller Insights Report. So they indicated that 67% of sellers who attempted to sell their home in 2022 but failed plan on relisting in 2023. Yes. So they're coming back. Okay. The boomerang sellers is what I'm calling them. Boomerang sellers, I love it. They're coming back. They well, all want cash offers. It's just such an opportunity for for agents, right? Because I, so I wonder what that. I, I don't. I used to know like the historical data on that, where it was like a certain amount of houses sell better the second time, though, when they when they wouldn't sell. And the reason why was is a lot of times the you know most agents would have their listing contract be six months. And they would be more realistic, right? And if they had a genuine need, that seller that used to be like, oh, well, I'll sell my house if it sells versus uh, I need to sell, right? That's all, that's always tougher to work for that seller that says, oh, if it sells, it sells, you know, and they they have their pie in the sky price. Low motivation. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what's painful though? What? Is when you're the agent that the listing canceled or expired and before it that happened, that, that deadline, you had suggested, hey, let's do a, a price reduction so we can be congruent with the marketplace and not chase the market. They him and ha get mad. You lose the listing. Then they relist with another agent for the same damn price that you suggested to do a price reduction <laughs> I to. I know, I know. And then it sells. <laughs> yeah, and then it sells. How's it going, Andre? Like, Definitely have that happen a time or two. It's painful. Well, Just and then adjusting. It is. It's painful. <laughs> I think that's actually super valid what you just said right now, Keith, because a lot of times when we go in and we do our price evaluation on particular properties, you're basing it on the current market conditions. And when the market is declining, if you're in a declining market, which I know Kayla's going to be touching on here in a second, is places, that, places uh, metros that have already had a, a good recension in home values, it's hard to sometimes stay on the Hey, here's what the house, here's what the market says your house is worth, but it might not sell for that price, right? That's a challenge. It is a challenge, but hey, you could always use ChatGPT to write you a great <laughs> script to take your to your home sellers. That was we, hot. We did I that last it. week on the iBuyer experiment, but yeah, I, I think that the data is is that a lot. I, I don't know if you have the number, anyone has the number, but I know that a lot of listings yep, yep, relist yeah, with a different so agent. Forty percent of the listings that expire will actually relist with another agent. So a quick little you know, nugget to everybody out there that's listening to this that, that is an agent, knows an agent, um, friends with an agent, right? Somebody knows, uh, everybody knows an agent. Let them know that expired listings, 40% of those 
home sellers will list with another agent. Great lead source. Have you ever had a, had a listing and let it expire and left the homeowner's phone number in there? <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> you want to get back at them? If you ever want to get, get back, back at them, them, you don't want that listing. You leave the phone number in there. And they are and literally the next day, uh, they are blown up uh-huh. with, with hundreds of phone calls from agents. Okay, so it's really funny, and you get that you get the phone call from the from the president. I'm getting so many phone calls. Yeah, you calls. want them to call you. Uh, how do they get my phone number? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, there's third party websites Sorry. that yeah. they can get that information. There's from. this thing called skip tracing. You ever heard of it? Must 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 be on skip trace, man. <laughs> well, so we know that a lot of agents do prospect expired listings, and so if your listing expires, you're likely going to get a lot of calls from real estate agents. And on Reddit, there's actually a good. A good post here that I wanted to share. It's from a home seller that had their home listed, and here's what it said. I had my house for sale in August and took it off the market. Realtors won't stop ringing my doorbell. Yesterday, I had two. How do I get realtors to stop coming to my house? Put up a no soliciting sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's unpack this. She she posted this yesterday. Okay, it was January, and she said her her house expired in August. Oh dang! And so she still has realtors showing up at her door. You guys, this this dang. Reddit feed went insane. There are so many home sellers that have commented on this. Me saying, too. Yeah, basically saying that the way realtors go after them when they expire makes them sick. They they hate it. They're upset with us. Huh. Uh. What are our thoughts? Um, <laughs> Someone did say sell it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either either sell it or relist it. That's how you stop the yep. problem. It, it, That's it, really it. it. I mean, people... Supply and demand, right? I mean, as, as, as honestly, my, my immediate response, one of the best places to go out and find supply is from people that were raising their hand or attempting to sell their house before. And when we are in a supply deficit, you know, in a, a lot of markets that are looking for good listings, it's, again, such a quality source. So, uh, I mean... In an industry that's entrepreneurial, right? It's not like there's uh, selling houses is equals a paycheck, and that's an, a, a tremendous opportunity for them to do that. So that's my immediate feedback: is sort through that, be that true consultant, be that true fiduciary agent, provide value and a clear path on how you're going to get them to their objective. Well, so it's interesting to hear what a lot of the other people weighed in and said. Other people with the Me Too are saying, uh, "I haven't." I, they basically their house expired two years ago. They're oh, still damn. getting calls from realtors. Uh, there's all sorts of advice on what they can do, like from calling the cops to putting up a sign that says, you know, no, no realtors. <laughs> That's hilarious. A lot of advice. Uh, here's the one: just relist it and sell it. <laughs> that, <laughs> I love that's, it. E- that's easier than stopping realtors. So definitely, it struck a nerve with the, the Reddit community and. You know, I thought that it was really interesting because it is something that we teach. We, yep. we do say, hey, it's a great lead source. Go after it. And what we know is a lot of expired listings relist. So how do you weigh, I guess my question is, is how do you weigh the fact that a lot of these people will relist with the fact that if they're not, they're going to get really angry and annoyed? Like uh, you, you bring them a cash offer. You don't, ask, right. you don't ask for the listing. You just say, hey, I got, I got some right. cash offers for you. That's so, simple. I'm with Jay on that, right? Like you need a unique identifier in today's ultra competitive world. And one of the best ways to do it is to give them the solution, the Amazon order up your home sale. And when you can do that through the power of a cash offer, 
it allows them the certainty and convenience and um, they're in control of their, to control their future, right? Like that's part of the, the uncertainty is one of the biggest fears of, you know, humankind. And so when you can give them the clear path on how to, how to get their timelines and identify everything for them, it's, that's massive service to me. Like I said, I look so, at it only as opportunity. So there's, there's, there's obviously people making phone calls, but like people showing up at the door, that's, she said that one That's she said one agent waited in her car for 2 hours what? for her to come out. <laughs> wow. No way. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, like, some, that's some that's some cuckoo stuff right there. That is cuckoo. I almost wonder like I mean 2 hours like she had maybe she was just doing checking her email. Well, either that, like that or she wanted to I buy mean, the we house. We work in the house, working in our cars anyways, right? We do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah we Jay's do. She's looking at it objectively. <laughs> yes, yes. The gen- for the person no, the no stalker. No the generous stalker, assumption rule. Generous assumption would get in her car. That's it. She's taking a phone call, negotiating a deal. Yeah, well, you know, I guess it, it comes with the territory. And you're going to yeah. go out there and you're going to be bold. You're going to piss some people off. Yeah, as I, I say, exactly. You're not going to make everybody happy in, in this, right? So in, I, since we're on the topic, right, for me, I was um, a huge fan of working old canceds, old expireds. Right. That to me, that was one of the best ways to do it. Right. A lot of times people, they'll wait for the 90 day counter. Uh, what, what I'm talking about there is your house has to be off the market in most MLSs for your day counter to reset to zero. And they'll wait that 90 day period. And then so once they do that, they will relist their house. So it's a fresh house. You know, that changed, by the way. Oh, did yeah. it? Yeah. Am I dating myself? You oh, are a damn. little bit. Yeah, it's 60 now. Oh, 60, okay. Era MLS, okay. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll wait and then they'll relist on that 61st day, et cetera. And so it comes up fresh, zero days on yep. the market. It's yep. like a new listing. Yeah, and that's because it syndicates all the different Zillows, Redfins, you know, et cetera, a lot of the uh, agent IDXs as, as a fresh listing. Right, that's so my point. quick advice when we're on this whole thing, right, is be able to lead with the cash offer, give them that solution. In the event that that cash offer doesn't work for them, you absolutely can pivot to, hey, this is what it would look like to sell your house and here's how we're gonna reach those objectives. So let's go ahead and look at why your house didn't sell before. Well, your agent used an iPhone, your, 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 this hallway that has 85 pictures of you and your family, probably not the best thing to do to sell your house. <laughs> go in there and be consultive. Yep, yep, I love it, definitely. Good stuff. And yeah, I mean, expired listings have been great for me for my real estate career. I can source a few hundred thousand dollars back to expired listing systems. Uh, And I think I told the story, one of our agents at JK, Steve, (laughs) we actually had a a federal postal investigator show up because of an expired prospecting system he was using that we used. But anyway, I won't get into that right now. Hey, if you're enjoying this content, please remember to like, comment, subscribe, and ring the notification bell. We release a new podcast every Tuesday. Yeah, the market is changing a little bit. I'm sure you guys all saw that existing home sales in December were down 34% year over year. But something that I don't think that anyone's really talking about, and I made a reel about it because I think it's important, is that if we compare 2022 to 2021, of course we're going to be down 34% or something. 2021 was a record year for transactional units. There hadn't been that many transactional units since 2006. And so I think that it makes sense. Transactions are down a little bit, but it kind of spreads that doom and gloom that's out there in the marketplace. And then Zillow came out with their top seven markets that are having the highest price decline. Mm, 
Oh, wow, that's let's take that's, let's is that hold new? on don't don't look at it. Let's take that's it. Let's new. take it. Let's take a quick guess, guess at a few of them what okay. the, what they are before I do that. Where are the home values falling the most? Are we going to go cities or states? Mm. Uh, I, I think would, it's probably it's, by city. It's by city. Yeah, okay. seven cities. So San Jose, I'm going to say, is in there. Okay. What else? I'll throw a random one out there just from personal experience. I don't know if it made the list. Metford, Oregon. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you, oh, have the, you have to give a, a bad little back backstory on that one. That's funny. Uh, yeah, no. Maybe not no, too much. Yeah. No, not too much backstory. Uh, what? Where else? Um, Phoenix, of course. I can see it, so I don't. You don't want to guess. I don't want to guess. I'll guess it right. <laughs> She's like, I'll nail it. I'll dominate you guys. Um, where else? Uh, let's see. Denver. I think is going to be possibly. Ah, that's actually a tough one. I'm going to go say Denver. I don't know. I'm just going to eat up too many years. Yeah, you guys actually haven't. You've named one that's in the top seven. And I was I was going to say one in Texas, so I'm like, no, nah, not Texas. Really? Yeah. Really, one in Texas. That surprised yeah. me. All of them. I, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wasn't going to guess in Texas. Do all of them. Okay, so here's the top seven cities where home values are falling the most. This is according to Zillow. Number seven is Phoenix, Arizona, with a deep appreciation of 1.2%. Salt Lake City, Utah is number six. Austin, Texas is number five. Number four, San Diego, California. Number three, San Antonio, Texas. Number two, Dallas, Texas. And number one, Seattle, Washington. Number one is Seattle. Yeah, with with 4.81% depreciation. That's a cost $2 million for a 500-square-foot condo in Seattle. I could see that. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe a bit a little extreme, but pretty surprising. But I was surprised not to see Oregon on here, right? In, yeah, any I'm, markets I'm in Oregon? I should have thought three, of Austin. Three markets in, markets in Texas. Well, I guess I, they I had would, such a run up. So yeah, Dallas and Austin went nuts. So Austin prices got like as high as parts of California. Well, so many people moved to Texas at a higher level than other parts of, across the country, so that makes sense. Now it's cooled down, so now it's, you know they have a hair depreciation because they're not all flying off the market. At a higher level than probably most cities across America. I agree, but I was also surprised not to see Boise, Idaho, because mm, I know that during yep, the pandemic, yep. it was the number one hotspot. So, or even like a Nashville. Uh, but I mean, Nashville stayed pretty hot, and their median price is still pretty low, though. So maybe that it is. Right. It's so affordable there. It is. Still. And it's beautiful. What's Love the drawback? Why? Why? Like, why is it still so affordable? This doesn't make sense. I don't know because it's a cool city too. You know, I I've, something that like. I think it's really interesting. Like, if you're in real estate, it really doesn't matter what the market is doing. Ooh, because if point. you're committed, you know, it's not about, it's never about the market conditions, right? Like, I look at us and what we're doing with yep. Zudelio and with helping real estate agents all over the country. And I'm just going to brag for a minute. We're crushing it. <laughs> we're crushing it despite bad market conditions, right? Yeah. And even a lot of our cash offering and our products and, and the marketplace that we have, it's doing really well. Yep. despite bad market conditions. So if you're in real estate, just be encouraged. Don't let all this negativity from the media kind of get at you because, well, for one, you're usually not getting the whole picture. You're usually getting some data point that sounds scary, like home sales down 34% year over year. It sounds really scary. Yeah. But, you know, rich, you peel rich, it back. Rich. Yeah, exactly. If you peel it back, there's usually more to the story, and it's not doom and gloom. I really don't believe our real estate market is crashing. We still have such a low supply of inventory. Yep. I mean, how how many homes are on the market in Phoenix right now? Sixteen thousand. Which is what's what's normal. That's like what? Normal is maybe what thirty. 
Yeah, I was going to say, wow. that's still way low. 25, 30? Yeah. Um, back in I the, mean, back, that's, that's, way back in 2008, 2009, we had like almost 70,000. It was insane. I know our sales yeah. are down a little bit right now, but I mean, from like typical stuff of selling seven, 8,000, 9,000 homes, I mean, that's only two months supply. Right. Yeah. That's nothing. Um, so, you know, hearing you say that, Kayla, to me, it makes me think of core business principles. Right. Core business principles are always how you will scale. Right. And the be- the thing I love about it is it works in a great market and it works in a soft market. Right. It's those types of things. And like having a, a like what you focus on will expand. Having these core principles of being able to market, being able to prospect, being able to uh, articulate your value proposition to your audience. Right. It's one of my favorite things about, you know, um, OZ Nation. Right. And her, you know, Alex from OZ. Uh, somebody I definitely um, tune into a ton is he's talking about like your business will grow to the level of your audience, right? Like it's one of the waves of the future is you want to grow your business, grow your audience. And it's, and it's being able to, to do those things. And I think it fits so well, even though he's talking about different, means, but it also fits so well in real estate, right? Like that's one of the things that I know I coach our agent partners on all the time is, Hey, get it, get it, develop your niche, figure out the alias. Then you just duplicate it. And it's a snowball effect uh, from, from there. And so it's just, that's still my advice to everybody out here that's that's listening in any market that works. And when we talk about those core business principles, I think it can even, we can peel it back even further and just say it's a core life principle. Are you going to go through life being the victim of circumstance or are you going to go through life being the creator of your own outcome? And during times when the market is a little bit more challenging, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. You're going to have to make those extra phone calls. You're going to have to make sure you time block your prospecting. You're going to have to be really consistent. You're going to have to put out a lot of content. You're going to have to make a lot more phone calls, have more conversations. Yep. And but you get to control all of that. It's it's you it's decide all your future. Within your reach. To adapt. Yeah. You guys were just making fun of me and my uh, big family <laughs> <laughs> before yeah. before we launched podcast. You decide your future. You do. Elliot I, has a, I, I a clearly newborn. made some some decisions. It has a newborn and a blended family, and we were just giving you, yes, te- teasing you about how about you look your, rested I, I today. Have to, I have to have a school bus, a, a clown car, to, to travel from <laughs> as to travel as a family. Yes, give one of those actual trucks that look like mini semis. Yeah, totally. Like like the 550 series or whatever. Oh my yeah. gosh! Have it like custom built. Like, <laughs> that's what that's what you're talking about. Jay was talking about like the the sprinter vans. I, n- now it is that is actually real talk. We've had conversations where like ah, because I mean you could actually customize them too. Send them to places that I'm like custom built and have it be pretty cool. Yeah, but you need all the seats, so you would be able to customize. Yeah, I've seen those that have four you know, seats in there. About I did customize it. I had three seats. seats, thirteen seats. You're gonna have to do a double decker, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. No, no, no. Uh, just kidding. We don't know. Not that far, Carly. If you're listening, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no, don't get any ideas. <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for tuning into the iBuyer Experiment. We appreciate you. If you're gaining value from this podcast, we would just ask that you comment, subscribe, smash that like button, and follow us.